Something about the Word of God is that it all flows together in, in wonderful ways. Um, you, everything you read, you know, this is why it's good to have a really good cross-reference Bible. Anyone got a good cross-reference Bible? Anyone even know what one is? Um, so cross-reference Bible is each verse will have like in the center margin or at the bottom there loads of other verses that are similar to it in the Bible and how they all cross-link. But spiritually, the Word of God is wonderfully mapped out and it all cross-links with itself. Uh, so we're going to look at just verse 20 today. <laughs> Genesis 1 verse 20. And it says, God said, let the waters swarm with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. I'm looking over there, it's up there now, isn't it? It's not even there either. Okay, so verse 20, God said, let the water swarm with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. It's like, okay. So the thing as I was meditating on this passage this morning was the issue of water. The Bible says, let the waters swarm with an abundance of living creatures. Now, the questions then you have to ask yourself when you're studying the Bible is like, okay, what does water represent? If it says in Romans 1 that everything in this natural world is revealing something of the invisible attributes, sorry, revealing physically something of the invisible attributes of God, what is water telling me? What is it revealing to me? If you were to do a Bible study on water, you would see that it represents the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a symbol of spiritual things or spiritual truths. It's also a symbol of difficulties. Um, it's also a symbol of eternal life. Uh, it's also a symbol of cleansing. It's a symbol of the word of God. Uh, it's a symbol of freedom and being set free and also being set apart uh, and so on and so forth. So water has many different symbols and meanings in scripture. So when you're reading your Bible and you come across this, something to do with waters, you've got to say, God, what are you teaching me in this? What, what, what is this teaching me? What is this revealing to me? And, um, and so today I wanted to focus on the issue of water being in respect to life in the Holy Spirit. So if water, as it says in Romans 1, that the natural world reveals to us the invisible attributes of God in physical form, so Therefore, water is revealing something to us. Okay, we're all in agreement with that? Yeah. All right, so waters. Now, waters are amazing because if you know a little bit of uh, Hebrew, the word shamayim, for example, well, let me go back one. Mayim is Hebrew for waters and shamayim is, is heavenly waters and that's where we get the word heaven from. So shamayim, the heavenly waters. Then you've got the earth, waters on the earth and you've got the waters below the earth and, and God separated them all out, etc., etc. But waters are really important things. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago as well, that in verse 10, where it says, uh, God called the dry land earth and the waters gathered together, he called seas. And the word for water there in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word mikvah, which is that cleansing bath that you go into if you're Jewish to cleanse yourself from impurities. And so water, again, it's, it's all there in Genesis, teaching us about God, uh, re revealing to us the mystery of water that's to do with cleansing. You go, well, how can water cleanse us of sin? Because it says in Hebrews that his side was pierced and from his side came blood 
and water and we're sprinkled by the blood and by the water so that it may cleanse our conscience, etc. So you do, when you see these things, you've got to constantly map it all together. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen those kind of detective programs where you see someone's a little bit OCD about some old case and he's got these pictures on the wall and he's got bits of string leading to this person and there's a, a, a pin there and loads of string going all over the place as they're trying to, he's trying to work out how this criminal is working and the places he goes. Yeah, you with me? And it's like that with scripture. You've got, as soon as you get a scripture, it kind of cross links into everything else throughout all of scripture. And you've got to try and follow this path. And in the process of following this path, God will reveal to you wonderful spiritual truths that will revolutionize your life. So one of the things I wanted to quickly look at, because obviously we're looking at water, is water being the Holy Spirit. So let's turn to John 7, 37 to 39. So John 7, 37 to 39. You all know this scripture. And it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, what festival? It's the Feast of Sukkot, and it's the last day known Hashanah Rabbah. So it's the last day of this great Jewish feast. And so on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me, and let him who believes in me drink. For the scripture says, Out of him shall flow streams of living water. And Jesus was referring to the spirit, which those who would believe in him were to receive. The spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus wants to fill you with streams of what water? Living Living water. Now, again, living water. Think about it. Where else have you seen that in the Bible? The book of Revelation. Living water, the waters of life, you know, um, and, and, and the river of life in, in, the, in the New Jerusalem and stuff. And then we got in uh, the book of Ezekiel where it talks about when Jesus returns, how from the Temple Mount uh, it'll be a crack and a fissure which will allow this water to flow out that will bring healings to the healing rather to the Dead Sea, etc. Okay, it's, it's the river of life. It's this, and, and Jesus has said here that you can have the river of life inside of you. Okay, now I just want to talk to you. A little bit about modern day charismatic theology and probably where we've got it a little bit wrong. So, um, Tracy, could you stand for me? Can you be my, my uh, pretty assistant? Thank you. Can you. Chop me in half. No, not yet. So, in most charismatic churches, we teach that if you're baptized in the Spirit, okay, it means being filled with the Spirit. So, here we go. So, I'm just going to. This glass represents you. Oh, look. It's filled with the Spirit. But that's not what baptism of the Spirit is. If you want to know what baptism of the Spirit is, drop the glove. No, 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 do it, no. You're supposed to be my pretty assistant. You do it. No, 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 no. Drop the glass in the thing. Let it go. That is being baptized in the Spirit. So the actual, the actual vessel itself is filled with water, but now the vessel is completely submerged in water. Okay, that's what it means to be baptized. It's an old Greek term, baptismos, which is what um, you call a ship if it's sunk at sea. So that ship has been baptized. In other words, it's sunk to the bottom. It's not only filled with water, but it's completely surrounded in water. So to be baptized in the spirit doesn't mean just nice up to the top. Okay, and not even overflowing. It means not only are you filled to the brim, but then you're immersed in the Spirit of God himself. 
And, and this is this kind of contrast which Paul, St. Paul and St. Peter talk about. So if you look at Paul's writings, he talks about Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yet if you read the writings of Peter, he talks about being in Christ Jesus. Well, what is it then? Is it in him? Is he in me or am I in him? It's both. It's the same with the spirit. You've got the spirit of God inside of you. You got given that, you know, when you first got saved or when you got baptized in the spirit. You know, you're, everybody's sealed, by the way, with the spirit the moment you get saved. Baptism of the Spirit is something slightly different. But when you've got that, you know, our, our job then is not just to have the Spirit inside of us, but that we are to live in the Spirit as well. So it's a having Christ in you, but being in Christ Jesus. It's about having the Holy Spirit within you, but being in the Holy Spirit. And this is what I think God was wanting to talk about this morning when I was meditating on this passage. God said, let the water swarm with an abundance of living creatures. In other words, he wants his spirit to be filled with living creatures as his living creatures are filled with the Holy Spirit. But we just think that it's all about me, myself, Jesus. Top me up, Jesus, top me up. And I can walk around like a little jug and spill it out on everybody. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says... Yes, be filled with the Spirit, but be immersed and in the vast depth of the ocean of the Holy Spirit. But not as an individual, but together, swarming and living inside the things of the Spirit. Deep calls unto deep. I mean, the problem that I guess it's it's kind of endemic in our culture because, you know, we do live in a culture which is very me-centric, isn't it? It's about what I want, my needs, my desires, etc. You know, you, you don't see slow, you don't see bumper stickers saying one life, live it for everybody else. Do you? It's just like one life, live it, do it for yourself, you know, be your own man, do what you want to do. But actually, the way of God in the way of the kingdom is very different to that. And it's about community and it's about doing life together. Now, one of the things that I think we as Christians in the West are not really so good at is this. This is from Acts 2. And this is from verse 42 to the end. And this is really a blueprint for what it looks like to be in the Spirit, and being filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm sure you've heard me say many a times that if you want to be filled with the Spirit, you need to do dot, 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 dot. Yeah, it's uh, Ephesians, it says, uh, be filled, not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. How? By singing songs, hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your hearts to the Lord, etc., etc. So there's easy ways of getting filled. But there's a way that we have to live so that we can be in the things of the Spirit as well. And being in the things of the Spirit is not about me, it's about us. Okay? So if I look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 to the end. And it says, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. So this is the first thing. They devoted themselves to apostolic teaching, to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayers. No one really knows if breaking of bread there is in the context of communion or it's just having food together, but hey, let's do both. And to prayers. So already, it says here, they devoted themselves to apostolic teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, which is what we do every week. And they devoted themselves to prayer. And in the, in the Greek here, it says prayers. So it's not just a single format, it's all different types of prayer. Verse 43, all came on all the people, 
For many wonders and miraculous signs were being done by the apostles. Now all the believers were together and had everything in common. Okay, Uh, They would sell their property and all they had and distribute the proceeds to others according to their needs. So again, this is about practically helping one another out as well. You know, we've, we've, I remember a few years back um, when we were at another location and there was a guy and his car blew up. And, and so we just, we had a whip round and we raised enough money to get him a, another car. So we got another car. And, and it just seemed in stark contrast to a friend. She was saying, oh, you know, my church, we've just had to raise two million pounds for a new church roof. Now, don't get me wrong. Roofs have to be replaced and sometimes things are expensive and they're in one of these big needy, greedy, oldie, worldy type buildings. So, you know, it costs what it costs. But it was in stark contrast. It just made me suddenly realize it's like, you know, the body of Christ, the church is the body of Christ. And actually, it's important that we use money in the church. Obviously, we need to facilitate the gathering together, but it's also got to be there for the people as well who need it. So as a church, we have a relief fund. We do quite a lot. There's a lot of things that we do. We don't blast, blow the trumpet about it, but there's a lot of things that we do to help people and help other people and, and even not even related to our church and all sorts of things because we, we take this seriously about you know, having things in common and helping, proceed, uh, helping uh, to distribute needs to other people. And then it says, each day they met together in the temple. This is about a corporate gathering together, not just in a little home, but we gather en masse as well. So the the, the whole concept of corporate or temple worship. And then it says, then they broke bread in their homes and they shared their food with great joy and sincerity of heart. So this is why we do home groups and things. And uh, and we try to do life together. And it says they praised God and won the favor of all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. You see, this is what life in the spirit is like. See, being filled with the Spirit is about spiritual, well, it's all about all the same, really. It's about spiritual disciplines that we need to have in our lives for ourselves, personally. It's important that personally, that you are walking with God, that personally you're dealing with issues in your life, with sins in your life. If there's things in your life that are that are eating away at you, then don't just sit on it for the next 15 years. Go and get some ministry over it. Go and get it sorted. Get it fixed. Because Christ has come to set you free. It's for freedom that Christ has come. So enjoy that freedom. Satan comes to rob, steal, kill and destroy. Jesus has come that you might have life and life in abundance. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. Now it doesn't necessarily mean you've got gold rings and watches and lots of bling. It just means that God wants to enable you to have the fullness of kingdom life right here, right now on the earth. Amen. So all this stuff is good. But he's also called us into other spiritual disciplines, which is more of a communal spiritual discipline. One of the things that's kind of taken me a bit by surprise is is our prayer school. And uh, this this Thursday, we we were doing a meditation and uh, we were meditating about the being in the storm, being in the boat. And then suddenly the storm breaks out and... And so then I, I always try to take it and make it personal. I said, you know, so, but then after the storm is cleared, Jesus has rebuked the wind and the waves, and then he's rebuked people's lack of faith. But then he comes and sits down next to you. And he says to you, so why are you afraid of dot, dot, dot? And as it was really interesting, the things that were, people were coming out with, 
um, how suddenly people had sudden memories of when they drowned when they were a kid and they just like, it's not they'd forgotten about it, but it suddenly came back and how that linked all up and how God was trying to set them free from things as well. But the thing that shocked me and surprised me and has consistently surprised me about the, the prayer school was the things that people all been saying the same thing. To me, you know, I do this stuff every day. To me, it's just kind of normal and I do it by myself and it's just part of my daily disciplines. But, I was, but doing it in a context of community has brought a whole nother dynamic to it that I've never experienced or seen before. And people in, in the group, they're, they're all saying the same things. Like one lady, she said, you know, I've really struggled with church all of my life. Uh, you know, I don't get church. Church doesn't get me. She said, but being in this room and being able to do what we're doing and share my experiences and share my life in this way has been so meaningful and so purposeful for me. It's added a whole nother dynamic to my life. And, it's, and I'm sitting there, to, you know, to me, this is kind of like, well, isn't this obvious? But for a lot of people, it isn't obvious. And the fact that what we're doing on the Thursday seems to be blessing so many people in quite an out, outlandish way to them. I mean, I'm just taken by surprise by it. I'm like, really? But, but it's because community is so important. And praying together, and meditating together, and worshipping together, and doing life together. You know, these things are really important. More important than we realise. Now I've I've hung you know I've had some friends that like South African and and they they they've always focused on the communal aspect and, and rightly so but but it's all about socialization let's have a braai let's have a sorry if there's any South Africans here uh, let's have a braai and a barbecue and let's do just do life together which is fine but it's all it is that but it's also the spiritual stuff as well that as we do it communally there is power in it this is the importance why we need to do more communal prayer more communal intercession, more communal worship. These things are really important. And you might think, well, that's not really my thing. It's not really my bag. I don't really connect with that. But I would encourage you to read Revelations chapter 4, Revelations chapter 5, and several other chapters when guess what's going on in heaven? The angels are priests. So if you know this, they have a priestly function. You go, how do you know that? Because they're the ones that carry the incense and all this kind of stuff. And they're bringing the prayers of the saints before God and crushing incense into it and bringing it before God. And there's communal worship going on in heaven. And there's communal worship with liturgy. Because they're quoting Psalms and they're quoting scripture, which means there is a form of structure. Oh no, charismatics, no, there's structure in heaven. Yes, there is. But can't we just have a complete free for all just singing tongues and jump around and do handstands everywhere? Yes, but there's also structure. The universe has structure. You have structure. A daisy has structure. Everything has structure. God's word has structure. Everything has structure. You can be charismatic and have structure. The two are not incompatible with each other. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've been to some places like, structure, that's of the devil. No, we're just charismatic. Oh, it's structure, no, devil stuff. Cast that demon of structure out of this church. It's like, no, God, God is such a God of structure and design. But yes, he is a God of poetry. And yes, he is sometimes the God of the seemingly random. But God is not random. Everything God does is intentional and purposeful. And God is saying to his church, guys, I want you to be intentional. And I want you to be personal with me. 
If you want an encounter with God, you need to be in the place and the space where you're going to encounter it. You know, if someone wants to get healing, what, where do they go? Go to it. If there's a healing meeting on, right? Now, I appreciate some people probably don't agree with that, but whatever. Let's just go with it for a minute. If you want healing, you want to go to a healing meeting where there's a good chance you get healing. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, I can get it sort of myself. Well, good for you. But there's some that can't. So for those that can't, just like, go to a, a healing meeting. What do you do if you want to get your friends saved when Billy Graham's in town? Go to a burger bar or get taken to see Billy Graham. You're going to take him. You're going to be intentional to be in a place and space where God is going to do something which, which encounters your faith and you can meet with that faith and, and, and hopefully get something from God. It says in Isaiah, seek the Lord while he may be found. And if God is moving, God is doing something, man, get in there. Get a part of it. Paul says in the beginning of Romans, I wish to come and see you that I may impart some blessing to you. And some spiritual gift to you. Well, therefore, if you're in Rome and you knew the Apostle Paul was coming to town, what are you going to do? Uh, I just want to go and catch, catch a movie tonight. And said, no, I want to be where Paul is so I can get that spiritual blessing. And it's the same with our walk with God. If in your walk with God, you want to encounter the miraculous God, then, hey, you need to be purposeful. You need to be intentional. Hallelujah. I want to be purposeful. I want to be intentional. And that's why it's good to have a little bit of spiritual discipline. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's say that again. Amen. Amen. To a bit of spiritual discipline. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because God wants his, his people to be in the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. It's not just about me being a little pot filled with water, but actually about me being completely consumed in the things of God. And it's not just about me, myself, I, Jesus and God channel. It's about Jesus, me, my wife, my children, his body, the community of believers. And it's about doing life together, but not just eating burgers, but also getting on our knees and praying and worshipping our Lord. It's such fun here when we get together corporately to worship, but we limit ourselves. Oh, I can only do it one day a week. Only do it on a Sunday. What's wrong with doing it five times a day, six times a day? Well, you can do it as many times as you like, hallelujah. You don't have to do it on a Sunday. You can do it any time you like. But we live our lives as though that's how we are. You know, well, I'm just going to, can't wait to get to church on Sunday. Well, what's stopping you now? You know, I am. We are the church. Let's do it now. Let's get some guys together. Let's have some fun. But anyway, back to my point. The thing that I just want God to, is a simple message, is that it's time for us to not be so obsessed with being filled with the Spirit, but being in the Spirit. And being in the Spirit is, is not just about those personal spiritual disciplines, but those corporate spiritual disciplines. You see, you and I individually are filled with a, a river of living water, okay, which is powerful stuff. Now, I don't know if you've ever been next to a fire hydrant, yeah? There's a lot of pressure there, and when that pressure's released, it just, you know, it goes everywhere. And that's why they put it in a hose, so it's contained and directed somewhere, okay? Now, we're all little Christians, and when we get together in church or something like that, we're like, a, we're like, we're like that pressure, that water pressure builds up. And suddenly there's loads of water. As opposed to going down, downtown, it's like, it's just me. It's just me and Jesus. A little bit of water coming out you there. Try to get, it, get wet, people. Get, get wet in the name of Jesus. But if you go out in force and there's lots of you, when you start going out, it's not just a little bit of water trickle. It's a... It's 
like a fire hose. It's like a fire hydrant. Because we're doing it together. And there's power in doing it together. There's no power in doing things by yourself. I've lived my life long enough. Anyone else who's been around tried to do it by themselves? Come on, let's be honest. Who has tried to do it by themselves and failed miserably? Okay, the others just haven't tried it out yet. Okay, (laughs) you have to do it in community. If you really want to see the power of God, it's in community. The greatest miracles I've ever ever seen is not with Mr. Individual. No, no, there's nothing. Don't, um, in case you think I'm talking to you, buddy, I'm not. If you go go out in the streets and and you see someone, you do something. I'm talking about the Christian that that just wants to be at home with the God channel and it's all about them. They're they're believers, but what they called it in in the ONS survey? Believe but don't belong. In the ONS survey, where we're seeing Christianity drop, there's a lot of believers that don't belong. And I thought it's a really interesting title that the secular ONS has given to believers that don't belong. Because there's power in belonging. And I've seen more people get saved, more people get healed, more people get delivered when they belong than those that don't. That's a fact. It's just a fact. There he is. I was praying this morning. God get put you on my mind. <laughs> and God said to you, I believe, it's time for you to get out the boat. So oh, that sounds like fight and talk. I'll just uh, drop the eye contact. <laughs> but that's it. I just felt God was saying, it's time for you to get out the boat. It's time for you to kind of, I guess, make that decision about things. But just come out of the boat. And also it means take a step of faith. Just, just, just take a risk, take a gamble for God and take that step of faith. Get out the boat, walk on water, do something crazy for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> What's going on around here? <laughs> yeah. There's always someone inappropriate, isn't there? You know, there was that, there was that, there was that time where Jesus is in the middle of a ministry and then someone shouts out, blessed is the, blessed is the, uh, what was it? Blessed are the breasts whom you sucked upon or something like that. And it's just like, well, that's really inappropriate. And Jesus said, no, no, no. Blessed is someone who obeys the word of God and not just is a hero of it. Oh man, she is out of it. So uh, we had that moment just then. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let the water swarm with an abundance of living creatures. And the Spirit of God is yearning for a body that's not divided. He's yearning for a people that are united. Um, and, and he's yearning for a people that want to do stuff more and more together and collectively. Yes, we're all individually filled with the Spirit. But there is great power when we come together and do things together. There is great power in the heavenlies when we pray together. We can do such damage, so much damage. Uh, That scripture that's coming to mind is that one can make a thousand flee. But what's the scripture? Two can put ten thousand flee. But what's that? Two can put ten thousand. Exactly. So the more more there are of us, the greater, you know, the, the more, more damage that we can do to the things of the enemy. And that's what I think, that's what I really believe God wants to do. You know, God wants to bring, well, God wants to bring revival. And I know it's fun, but some of us are fed up with hearing that word. And it's like, well, revival just starts in me. Yes, it does. But it takes us back to the illustration of the cup. Okay, well done. If you're revived in yourself, brilliant. Hallelujah. But a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. And if 32 chains are doing well, but one isn't, then, then we're all as weak as that, as that single chain. But when we're all 
all filled and we're all revived and we're all doing it together and we're all expectant together that God is going to move, then man, God will move. I have been in meetings where there has been such expectancy for God to move that I'll tell you something now, when, you, when the church gets to that place, guess what happens? <coughs> Things you wouldn't even dream of. When the church are expectant corporately that God is going to move in their midst, then I'll tell you something, God will not fail. He will not fail to disappoint. Uh, I, I've, I, I remember hearing a friend once, he said he was at this convention. Oh, I've seen this myself, but his, his was a good example. He said, we're at this convention and all week we were talk, you know, preaching about various things. But the last day of the convention is a healing day. And he said he went into that place in the morning. I think he was one of the ushers. He went into that place. The place was so prayed over. And I had a whole week of just bathing that place and building expectancy that on that day, God was going to do some amazing healings. And he said he walked into that room and it was like static. The place was just wow. And there was hardly anybody there yet. And then when the people started coming, they said the air of expectancy was so strong. And he saw some tremendous miracles. You know, people with complete facial disfiguration instantly healed and their faces go back to normal and things like that. Because the people were expectant. Because it's not about me, myself, I and Jesus. It's when we do things together because God wants to walk, work, sorry, through his corporate body, not just individual you and me, although that's important too, but it has to be together. There has to be a context. Be a believer that belongs, belonging to the family of God. And let us be a people that let the waters of God be swarming and filled with joyous, joyous times. I just want to end with this. Next time you go to the beach, just remember this. God doesn't want you to go paddling in the water. Like, like, isn't it fresh and nice? God doesn't want you to get surfing on the water. right? God doesn't want you to sail on the water. He doesn't even want you to swim in the water. He wants you to go deep sea diving. That's where he wants you. Deep calls to deep. But I don't like it down there. It's scary. Of course it's scary. Because it takes you right out of your comfort zones. But hey, how's life going for you in your comfort zone? Isn't it really boring? Oh, I'm all right with that, actually. No, right? Life is boring in the comfort zone. I can't stand boring life. Uh, you know, it's probably one of my, my problems is that I can't take normality sometimes. It's just, oh, it does my head in. Normal's just, oh, normal's for those people. I don't do normal. God wants you to have a dynamic life in him, not just for the sake of it, because if we do things together in Christ, not just in, inside us, but us in him, and we do things in the waters of his spirit, not just him giving out a little gush of water out of us, but if we do it together, we do it corporately, there is tremendous power. And that's it. I just believe what God wants to say, get in the water, all of us, together, and fill those waters and fill it with an abundance of living creatures. And if we do, we will see God do wondrous things. But not just wondrous things. Your life will have more purpose and meaning than it probably currently has. Like I said, with the school of prayer, those people are, are experiencing something quite revolutionary. But it's so simple. It's doing life together, but it's being intensely spiritual and seeking God together. And they're finding him together. And that's really quite a wonderful experience. So, get your clothes off and get in the sea. All right, swimming costumes on, please, obviously. Um, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to heavily edit this talk. <laughs> or I'll get more hate mail. Anyway, Lord Jesus.
I pray, Lord God, that you will help us to be a people that will get into the things of your spirit, Lord Jesus. And let us be a people that move in your spirit together and corporately as your heart is for us. Because when we do things together in unity, you command a blessing of life. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.